Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's a new year in Philadelphia, and a lot of new things are going on in our fair city. And one of the things is that we have a new mayor and some new members of city council. Well, we are happy to say that's Councilperson Jamie Gautier, she is not a new member of city council, but she is the member of city council who was reelected for her second term with more than 86% of the vote. And we want to welcome her to Reality Check. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Tanya? It, I am well. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. And it must be a good feeling that your constituents brought you back to the third district in such an overwhelming victory. It's a wonderful feeling and a great honor. Thank you so much. And thanks to the voters. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So let me ask you a question. Uh, are we at Jamie? But Can I say Jamie now or do you do you want me to use the honorific? Because I'll do that. No, but now that we've been talking, now. Now we're, we're like friends friend. now, we're, we're buddies, you know, we're good. <laughs> so, JB, let me ask you, um, I know that one of the things that you are doing is working on uh, the reparations task force and you are still looking for applicants. So talk a little bit about that and where people need to go and what positions are available on the task force. Yeah, so we're looking for eight volunteers um, to be on our reparations task force. This task force will be responsible for developing recommendations for how Philadelphia should participate um, in reparations for Black Philadelphians who are the descendants of slaves. Um, and so we've had a great amount of interest so far, but our application period is still open. Um, the application period will be open until January the 12th. Um, and people can go to rep215.com. Uh, That's rep215.com um, to learn more about the task force and to see um, if they would like to apply for one of the open positions. Now, all of the, the opinionated people that listen to Word Radio, this is your opportunity to work on a task force that is looking into the possibility of reparations for African-Americans. So I expect you to get a lot of applications from our Word listeners because they got a lot to say when they call in and when they post. So therefore, I know that we better have some Word folks up in there that apply. <laughs> We look forward to that. Um, and, you know, we are um, excited to look at those applications to see um, what came in to interview folks. And we aim to launch the task force officially um, during Black History Month. So very exciting. So get those applications in now. As you said, it is a volunteer position, so there will be yes. no payments. However, if you are able to get together on this task force, you may be able to uh, generate some reparations for our community. So we would love it if uh, those of you who are interested do provide that service uh, for the good of all. We would appreciate that. Now, uh, let me ask you, you are a proponent of Mayor Parker's public safety emergency declaration because this is something that you actually tried to make happen under the Kenny administration. So tell me why you feel hopeful and optimistic that this is getting done uh, so quickly in Mayor Parker's administration. 
I think that it's fantastic that Mayor Parker did this on day one. Um, I think it shows the residents of the city that um, public safety, um, reducing gun violence and other types of crimes um, is number one on government's mind, right? And, and the residents deserve to know that. And I think it's also a directive to every city agency that public safety has to be your number one priority and that there's an expectation um, that all departments will work together um, with that goal in mind. And so I applaud that move. Um, I began pushing in 2020 um, for Mayor Kenny to declare a gun violence um, public emergency. I think it would have sent um, a powerful message then, especially during the height of um, the gun violence epidemic um, here in our city. And it would have shown that we are approaching this with urgency um, and that we see this as a whole government issue. Right. And so I think it's a really good move on her part. Now, just um, from making the declaration, what, how does that actually play into actual things that can be done that are tangible in terms of this public health uh, emergency and public safety emergency? What, what, what is the purpose really of this declaration? Sure. So Mayor Parker's executive order declares that the current levels of crimes against persons and property in the city constitute a public safety emergency that the city must act on immediately. Um, she has directed um, the new police commissioner to employ um, any lawful means um, to abate that emergency. Um, over the next 100 days, the police commissioner, the managing director, um, and our new chief public safety director are going to develop a comprehensive plan um, to increase the number of police officers on patrol and increase the number of um, police officers trained in community policing. And then also will deliver, you know, a fuller near-term plan um, to the public to reduce the elevated levels of violent crimes, especially gun violence, um, to combat um, elevated levels of quality of life offenses, and to develop a strategy um, to shut down open-air drug markets which has been a huge problem, particularly in, in Kensington. And the order also directs every department in the city to prioritize um, the public safety of the, 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 you know, of the citizens of Philadelphia. Um, and so, you know, I think we'll have to see if there are um, other specific powers that come out of this executive order. But I think even just starting there with a very near-term plan, with a directive to every city agency, um, and with a directive to the top officials charged with public safety um, is a powerful, a powerful move and a good signal for how the administration will deal with public safety in the city. Now, what I'm, what I'm learning as I ramp up into uh, acquiring more knowledge of politics and how get uh, things get done in the city during the course of doing this job uh, is that all of those things usually come with money. Is there any part of this plan that also addresses funding? Because as I was just telling people, the Philadelphia police are hiring, but the job starts at $60,000. And I, I know there's overtime and there's other incentives and I'm sure as time goes on, but how, is there any part of this that, that has to do with funding in terms of this order? Well, the executive order doesn't, um, I don't believe that it addresses funding specifically. However, we are entering budget time, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of the 
you know, first big things that we'll see from this administration, um, in addition to their 100-day plan, is their budget proposal to city council um, in the next few months. And I'm sure that that proposal will lay out their priorities around um, public safety. Um, and, you know, I get the sense that Everybody on council is also prioritizing this issue. Um, and so I anticipate that will work well with the mayor um, in funding her directives. Do you have any idea what things that you'll be fighting for in this upcoming budget? Sure. So one of the things that I'll be fighting for relates directly to uh, public safety. Um, that's the reform of the 911 system. Mm -hmm. So a couple of months back, I held a hearing um, around 911 operations. Um, the impetus for that was um, the King Sussing mass shooting, where we found out that the first victim was actually shot and killed almost a full two days before, um, you know, six more people were eventually shot. Um, many of whom also perished. And, you know, some, when that first victim was shot, a neighbor tried to call 911 to bring them to the scene. Um, and uh, the 911 was accidentally or erroneously dispatched to a location three right. miles away. Right. And Joseph Wama Jr. lay for two days um, dead in his home. And we lost two days um, investigating that, you know, that crisis. What could have happened and what gains we could have had in that investigation that could have saved other lives. And so that can never happen again. When people call 911, they have to be assured that they're going to get help. And that demands that, um, you know, the people who are doing those jobs are paid well enough, trained well enough, um, and not uh, overworked um, and have the capacity to move up um, within, within the city. So that's, uh, we've been working very closely with PPD, um, as well as with the union for the 911 dispatchers to come up with a budget ask that can truly support um, that system and ultimately give um, residents the service that they deserve, right? In your scariest moments, when you call 911, somebody has to answer the phone and you have to know that you're going to get help every single time. Right. And then uh, the hearing exposed that when those folks answer the phone, there are people who are only making $42,000 as a starting salary, which is not just low period, but also lower than the surrounding counties. And then they weren't even getting uh, on the job support or uh, help for the trauma that they must experience. And in fact, there were 300 hires made in the last yeah. couple of years and then 300 people who quit because of the difficulty of the job. So is your ask going to be to upgrade that starting salary? Absolutely. The ask will include upgrading that starting salary to put us more on par with what the job demands and what's being paid in the region, and also um, to compensate the people who are already working on this job um, in a better way. And, you know, when we think about 911 um, operators and dispatchers, these are mostly black and brown women. Mm. These are mostly moms that are trying to make a way for themselves and their families. Um, they're doing an incredibly stressful job and they are the front line and we have to make sure they're okay. Right. Did not realize that it was mostly black and brown yes. women in those positions. And, you know, most of us as black and, and brown women are dealing with so many other things going on in our lives that uh, that to, to take on a job that that is that traumatic 
and not to be paid adequately for it. That is something that we definitely have to fix. So I'm glad that you are on the case on that one, because as you said, these are significant jobs uh, around the city, of course. Now, there is also a new city council president. Kenyatta Johnson is the new city council president. How do you see him being able to work with city council uh, in a different way, maybe, than uh, the previous city council president, Daryl Clark, did? Well, certainly, you know, Daryl Clark um, did a lot to transform council, to build council's power as an institution over his, I believe, 12 years um, mm-hmm. in that role. Um, but I I truly believe that um, Council President Johnson um, is going to be a great council president and build on, you know, all of those things that uh, Council President Daryl Clark um, was able to deliver in his time. Um, he's very well liked um, among the council members, um, seen as a, a leader um, in city council. Um, he's a very collaborative um, person, and I think he will do a good job in building the consensus necessary um, for council to work with the new administration and tackle the biggest issues of the city. So I'm pretty excited about um, his rise to that position. It does seem that Mayor Parker and uh, Councilman uh, Kenyatta Johnson or city, I guess city council president Kenyatta Johnson now, that they are known for consensus building. Is that something mm-hmm. that you have seen in, uh, I know that you are newer to city council But is that something that you've seen in your work with them uh, or in your observation of what they've done? Absolutely. Um, I've been able to work with Councilmember Johnson specifically on a range of public safety issues. Um, For instance, we stood together during um, the FY21 budget year um, to demand that Mayor Kenny um, invest uh, historic amounts of funding into gun violence prevention programs at the ground level that can keep our young people away from a path of violence. We were successful in that. And that's just one example of how um, we've been able to work together. And, and, and that's not an anomaly, right? I think he's been able to work with many other council members on um, their priorities um, and on their agenda. And of course, um, our mayor, you know, has had a wealth of experience, not only building um, collaborative relationships in city council, um, but building collaborative um, relationships at the state level when she was a state rep and has, has made sort of this intergovernmental strategy, um, a bedrock of how she's going to lead the city. So I think, you know, both of them have shown um, that they are collaborators, that they are consensus builders. And I look forward to what that's going to generate um, for, for the residents at the end of the day. Well, that is what uh, everyone is working toward, a better Philadelphia. And with all of these new things going on and people like yourself that have had a chance to be in there in the trenches and make some things happen, hopefully we will continue to see some improvement in our fair city. Jamie Gautier, always good to talk to you. Happy New Year to you. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again sometime soon. Happy New Year, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me and look forward to talking soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 